35 of Racecourse Ramble. I'm flying solo this afternoon. Uh, I was meant to have our American friend Michael Starkey uh, on with me, but he's had to work. So uh, I've obviously been on holiday. So in the interest of just trying to get back into the swing of things and uh, keep uh, keep ploughing on with the pods, I've decided that uh, I will plough on regardless on my own. Um, so we'll, uh, I'll just share, a f- it'll be a brief one today, I'll share a few thoughts around York, I managed to see that via the uh, via the internet while we were in Egypt, so I'll share some, some just some very brief thoughts on that. We've got a super report from Carly around the ladies game at the weekend against Connors Key, which was watched by a tremendous crowd of nine and a half thousand, uh, amazing really, so yeah, we'll um, we'll uh, we'll obviously uh, listen to what Carly's got to say. Super fan Carly, who uh, who was uh, present on the day. We'll uh, just highlight a, a few news pieces, but I think the main the main thing that came last week was obviously the announcement of the uh, the summer 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 tour, or at least one of the games of the summer tour. So um, we'll uh, we'll just cover off that. We'll just catch up at the top of the Vanarama. And uh, we'll uh, just share a few thoughts ahead of Oldham um, this coming this coming Saturday. So it'll only be a brief one today. Uh, people won't want to really just listen to my voice on my own. So we'll uh, we'll keep it nice and simple and brief. And uh, yeah, when we come back, we'll start off by uh, just sharing a few of my thoughts around the the York game. Everyone who listen to me, someday we. So, on Saturday, whilst I was in sunny Egypt, um, York City visited the racecourse ground and uh, we came away with a convincing 3-0 win in the end. Um, It was quite interesting, obviously, watching it on the telly as opposed to uh, being at the ground. The first half, I thought we were were really good, especially... uh, Barnet, I thought Barnet was uh, outstanding. Really, that first half. I think, if uh, if my ears were not deceiving me, I think he got the sponsors' man of the match, uh, and it was thoroughly deserved, really. But it was built off the back of his uh, that first half performance, um, where he was exceptional down that right hand side. Um, contrasting, interestingly, I have seen um, some social media chatter around Mendy on the other side. Interestingly, getting a little bit of criticism. Um, and I would, uh, I would say that I don't think since Mendy's come back, he hasn't quite found the heights that he uh, that he hit prior to that last injury. I think he has looked a little bit out of sorts, um, but clearly he is much better going forward than McFadzine. So you know, I don't think anytime soon we'll see McFadzine come in unless Mendy is. Perhaps he's carrying an injury. Is what I was thinking. H- hard to know, but. But yeah, I thought uh, thought Barnett was was excellent. I thought Elliot Lee was excellent. Andy Cannon not as influential, but still looked uh, still looked tidy in the middle of the park. 
I was uh, a little bit surprised, obviously, that there was no Luke Young in the squad, even, again. Um, for It would appear that, obviously, he's, um, they've sort of managed a, a, a little bit of his fatigue, perhaps, and then a bit of a yellow card issue. So, um, I think we're past that point now. Um, so, it was interesting that he wasn't even in the squad. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did come back in this weekend if uh, if Phil Parkinson obviously wants to do a bit of uh, bit of rotation. Um, obviously, there was a bumper crowd. I think it was our best crowd of the season for a couple of reasons. I think obviously this game, the first, and I'm not sure what order you put them in really. Obviously, we've got the uh, the owners were both there. Ryan and Rob have made the the visit for the weekend ahead of. Uh, Ahead of obviously an important league game because they're all important now, and obviously the game on the Sunday, they came to support which was really really good for the for the ladies. Um, obviously they, I'm assuming they both flew back, quite sharpish. Um, I'm not sure when Rob did that announcement uh, for the Man United game whether it was uh, it was the day after or whether they pre-recorded it. So, um, but obviously uh, another reason was the uh, the return of Ben Foster. Who um, my son was there with his uh, with his uncle, and um, they said he got a really good uh, reception. So uh, and obviously the uh, Ben Foster's YouTube channel has already had some uh, videos uploaded from his uh, his GoPro. So that's really 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 interesting footage if you watch it. Uh, I definitely recommend you go and, go and follow him on YouTube. He's the Cycling GK. Cycling goalkeeper, he's a big cyclist. If you didn't know Ben Foster, so um, you can get some really good behind the scenes footage from his GoPro that he puts in the goal, um, uh, and, and a little bit of sort of before the game and after the game. Um, and in fact, he's actually got a uh, competition to win a to win a, a Foster shirt if uh, if that's your thing. So I would definitely go and uh, check that video out if you haven't already seen it. I'll be surprised if anybody hasn't seen it because uh, it's got a fair few number of views already. So um yeah so we obviously we were excellent first half um we took the lead at a brilliant time really just before half time about the 42nd minute a James Jones thunderbolt which hit the bar and then I think it hit the goalkeeper and when I first saw it I was expecting the referee to blow his whistle because I, I think it was Elliot Lee that followed it in and sort of almost got tangled with the goalkeeper and I think the goalkeeper was trying to say well he, he was forced over the line by the player being Elliot Lee but uh, the referee for for whatever reason was having none of that and he gave the goal so uh, yeah you know just before half time capped off a good first half gets the goal and obviously York's game plan has to change then really because uh, you know they weren't coming really to attack us they were uh, they were like many teams in their position were probably hoping to nick a point or a uh, or nick a result, so they weren't trying to come at us and leave, uh, leave themselves exposed. In the second half, the game was uh, not as exciting. We didn't seem to uh, to be as controlling as we were in the first half. Um, and it took us till the 80th minute to get the second goal, which was making me and I'm sure many other people very nervous because of the fact that, you know, history tells us that one goal in football often isn't enough, despite how bad or you know how lackluster the other team are the uh, you need that second goal so thankfully um we uh, on on the 72nd minute we we subbed Dolby on for Ollie Palmer and Dolby managed to get that goal um with a lovely uh, a lovely header so um 
that was, uh, you know, that's continued Sam Dolby sort of run uh, in recent times. Um, and he was influential then, 10 minutes later, with a lovely flick on for Elliot Lee to cap off his uh, his return to the team. He scored in the 91st minute. Uh, and obviously, game over then. I mean, it was probably game over at 2-0. Um, but it was definitely game over then with with that uh, with that third goal. Um, so a comfortable afternoon in the end. Um, but it is one of those sort of results where you are just thinking, oh, we could do we get in the second goal. And it, that's what keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, I'm sure Phil Parkinson would have been asking him to go and kill the game off a bit sooner or control the football a little bit better than we did. Um, and try not to give them uh, to give them any initiative. But uh, overall, I think, you know, we're in that time of the year now, I think, where we just have to just take take the wins. If we win, take the win. Doesn't matter how it comes, take the win and move on to the next game. So uh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure everybody would have taken that realistically, regardless of the performance, and just take those points. Um, and obviously, we, we, we move on. Um, nice for Foster to get a clean sheet. He did have to make uh, a couple of sort of... Uh, couple of relatively easy sort of gathers from crosses etc um that would have uh, would have been run of the mill for him but given the fact that he's been out of the game for a while that would have uh, he would have enjoyed that um, just getting into them nice and early there was one good save down low that he had to make i think that was really the only test for him but i think if you were watching the game the outstanding element of foster's game um i think was his distribution his uh, his distribution was excellent. He would get the ball out really quick, a la Rob Layton, to be honest, um, in a variety of ways as well. He's you know he, he, some some sidewinder kicks and some some long throws that were starting attacks, um, and that's that's a he was even better than Layton is at that, and that's a different dimension for us to transfer, obviously, um, and to transition from defence into attack. And given the quality of our attackers, if you add that in as well then that could be really, really useful at some point during the uh, the remainder of the season. Um, obviously, Paul Mullin came off. We've got in the habit at the moment of sort of uh, bringing him off near the end of games just to try and rest him. Um, uh, Phil Parkinson did uh, did sort of let the, let out that Waters' uh, international clearance did come through in the end, but he just couldn't justify putting him on the bench with, uh, with, with Dolby there. So... Uh, so Dolby got that spot, and has, in, in all honesty, I think I would possibly start Dolby in the next game against Oldham. Um, I'm not sure if Phil Parkinson's brave enough to start Dolby and Waters and uh, and rest the uh, rest the front two ahead of the game against Halifax Stroke Notts County, but uh, I would definitely start uh, Dolby given the fact that he's uh, he's on a roll at the moment. He's really influential. He's scoring goals. Um, uh, and he's really hit a hit hit his stride. So hopefully he gets to uh, hopefully he does get to uh, maintain that. Um, but other than that, it was pretty much it was business as usual. Um, but um, but a great day. Obviously, it was a great day after after all that. Um, so yeah, that's just some thoughts on the uh, on the York game. That have, I'm doing this on the fly. To be honest today, normally I like to have obviously somebody to bounce off, but. I'm doing it on the fly, so um, hopefully I haven't f missed anything or forgotten anything um, that was really, really important in that game. Uh, so yeah, um, so let's have a little break, and when we come back, we'll uh, 
we'll go on to the the ladies game from the weekend listen to me someday we will be back in the football league. so as i'm sure you're aware Wrexham's women played against uh, Connors Key at the racecourse on Sunday in front of a packed crowd of 9,511, I think it was. Um, it was also obviously shown on S4C and it was just an all-round amazing day. The owners were both there um, and obviously they uh, they got they got to lift the, uh, the league trophy. Um, in front of a packed racecourse ground, uh, and it was just an incredible day all round, really, for the uh, for wi- for the women and for the women's football. So, our super fan roving reporter Carly was uh, was present this week. She was there, and uh, she sent me her, uh, her match report and thoughts. So, rather than listening to me waffle on, who was probably on a sunbed uh, or a sun lounger in Sharm El Sheikh at the time. Let's uh, let's listen to uh, to what Carly has to say about the uh, about the day. Sunday's record-beating Wrexham AFC women's match versus Connors Key at the Racecourse Stadium was a day I'll never forget. I arrived early at the racecourse so that I would get the chance to wish the players luck before the match began. I couldn't wait to get my hands on the first ever Wrexham Women's Match Day programme. There was an awesome picture of Dal and Lily on the front cover. Flags and photocards were being given out to supporters. Even the police put some flags on their van. The atmosphere was incredible even before the match began. I walked into the stadium, which was already starting to fill up. It was a special moment when the Wrexham players walked out onto the pitch to warm up. I was so excited to see them on the racecourse turf. Yes, finally! The players were waiting to come out to the tunnel. The stadium was now full, the atmosphere buzzing and looking round at the crowds, I was blown away by how many people had turned up. I was lucky enough to be a mascot with some of my teammates. As the players came out to the tunnel, Phoebe grabbed my hand and we walked onto the pitch past the giant flags. The anthem was playing. I've never been prouder. It was unreal. Kickoff started what was to be a thrilling match. From the beginning, both teams were in an attacking mode, wanting to score. Our defenders did a great job. I was so impressed with how many tough tackles Erin Lovett won. Our goalkeeper, Dell pulled off some incredible saves. She was brilliant. Ten minutes into the first half, we were awarded a free kick. TJ shot the most jaw-dropping free kick straight into the back of the net. Any Premier League star would have been proud to claim that one. Within minutes, Connors Key fought back, scoring the equaliser. My heart sank, but I knew that Wrexham had plenty of time left to pull off the win. A harsh yellow card for Katie Sharp had the crowd booing the ref. Even Ryan and Rob didn't agree. The second half started and this is when Wrexham really shows what they could do, proving time and time again what passion and talent they have. Connors Key were playing at their best, pushing hard and giving us a gritty, intense match which had the crowd 
on the edge of their seats. Our super subs, Ella, Sophie, Lily Whitefoot and Mia all got their chance to come on. Mia's enthusiastic entrance got the crowd going. The the crowd were really enjoying the match and the atmosphere was getting better and better with singing and cheering. Every single Wrexham player gave it their all. So many close chances, a near miss from Amber, nail-biting challenges... It was as good as any men's game. Actually, better. Then, at the 80th minute, Lily Whitefoot, who had only just come on, used her speed to get the ball past the Connors key player up to Rosie. Rosie did the run of her life. Nothing was going to stop her. The whole crowd could see it coming. The louder they roared, the faster she ran. It was like something from a dream. As she skilled round the goalie, and kicked the ball into the net. The whole stadium erupted in cheers. She did it. You did it, Rosie. The last ten minutes seemed to last forever, every second dragging on. Connor's key were desperate to score and spoil the party, but the Wrexham players were not going to let that happen. The final whistle started the most joyous, memorable celebrations. With the music playing, it felt like the best party ever, It was brilliant seeing the under-19 and women's players up on the podium with Rob and Ryan getting them soaked in champagne. The team did a lap of honour with over 9,000 people cheering. They worked so hard to get here. I couldn't believe it was actually happening. It was a day I'll never forget. Next up, the under-19s face New Saints on Friday this week for their last game of the season. It'll be a great match. Then a double whammy on the 16th of April at Newtown. The under-19s playoff final versus Cardiff City and the big game. The women's team will play the South winners, Britain Ferry. Which team will get promotion to the Adran Premier League? It'll be the toughest of matches, but no team could have more heart and passion than Wrexham. I know they can do it. Up the town! Up the town indeed, Carly. And uh, what a brilliant and inspiring day uh, the women put on on Sunday. Fantastic stuff. So, I better plug our socials before we uh, before we move on. So, um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Racecourse Ramble, um, and also the same on Instagram. Uh, if you want to interact and uh, follow along with what's going on, then uh, please feel free to give us a follow. Um, and also, if you can, uh, like and subscribe to the podcast, that would also be brilliant. Um, should also say a big hello to listeners of Wrexham Premier Radio because we're uh, broadcasting there normally on a Thursday night, but it might get moved around a bit. But normally on a Thursday night now, we've got uh, some extra listeners as uh, Premier Radio Wrexham uh, play out our podcast. So, uh, yeah, you're very welcome to all the new listeners. So we'll uh, we'll just uh, break away again and I'll... Uh, give you some uh, brief notes on the uh, the announcement of the uh, the summer tour this week that was announced this week so 
so exciting news this week as uh, the part of the rumour was confirmed. So um, for, a, for a good few weeks now, we've uh, been hearing rumours that Wrexham were going to play a pre some pre-season games in America. I think we, we've been trying to go to America, obviously, for a while. And COVID kind of spoiled it. Um, but uh, there's been this little rumour in the ether that Wrexham were going to be playing a game against Manchester United and a, another one against Chelsea. Now, we've had nothing official about the uh, Chelsea game. Um, but the Manchester United game obviously was announced this week. Um, and interestingly, I did see Eric Ten Hag in the airport at Manchester. And I should have asked him, but um, I didn't. Instead, I just let me other half take a selfie. But um, but yeah, so in San Diego at the Snapdragon Stadium, uh, on Tuesday the 25th of July at 7.30pm, Wrexham will take on a Man United team. Um, and I have seen some tweets from the likes of Rafa Varane saying he's looking forward... I think he sent it actually to Ryan saying he's looking forward to seeing him there. Um, so, uh, yeah, now, playing big against teams like Manchester United and Liverpool and uh, years ago in pre-season, this used to be the norm. Um, but then over recent times, football clubs have realised that they can make money by going abroad and doing tours. Um from sponsors etc so it's become less frequent um but uh yeah obviously the first the, the first game has been announced uh, i suspect there'll be another one um uh, rob McElhenney and andy cole did a uh, did uh, did a, an announcement from the stadium very cleverly followed up by some more marketing brilliance i'm guessing from ryan um, with their video of uh, him and Rob trying to Zoom call Sir Alex Ferguson, which was just brilliant. Um, I mean, if you don't have a chuckle at that, I'm not sure what we will chuckle at, because it's just re really clever, simple, uh, you know, marketing, really. So we shouldn't be surprised, because, you know, Ryan is famous for this type of thing. So, um, yeah, brilliant little video. Again, if you haven't seen it, the, the both the Wrexham and Manchester United have, uh, have tweeted it. Uh, I'm sure it's on their Facebook pages as well. So, uh, yeah, go and check check that out because that's a, that was a really clever. So yes, there is a, there will be a tour of a, a summer tour of a, of a sort. So um, we'll see what type of uh, what type of squad obviously uh, gets taken from our point of view and from United's. Wouldn't expect us to see all the stars, but I expect we'll see some of the stars. So, um, I did notice that, um, uh, that obviously there has been quite a bit of controversy. I've been following from uh, following Twitter from Sharm El Sheikh. Um, our, our ticket prices, I think, ticket prices weren't necessarily cheap, but then I think the scalpers have obviously got hold of these tickets as well and are now reselling them at stupid prices. So. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's anything anybody can do about that. Unfortunately, it is. It's a. Uh, it's just one of those things nowadays. It seems to be in this world that people want to make money off everything. You know, we've seen it already with people selling football kits and football shirts, at silly prices on eBay and the like. So, you know, everything that uh, Wrexham touch now is uh, a saleable asset. So, um, yeah, obviously ticket prices weren't great, but I did see that obviously. Uh, Hayes Travel um, have, uh, if you don't follow them on social media, go and check it out. They've got um, a little a little package available for people to go. Now, this does not include the match ticket, so you would obviously still need to get hold of the match ticket. Um, but uh, they've got a, uh, 
They've got a couple of packages that they're advertising on social media. I won't go into the details, but they're four nights long flights from Heathrow on the 23rd of July. And the price will depend on how many people are obviously going. Um, and they're asking people to sort of get in touch and you can email them um, if you want more information. So Hayes Travel. So uh, if you're on uh, Twitter, it's at Hayes Travel Rex with H on the end. Uh, but if you just put Hayes Travel Rex, I mean, it'll come up. Um, and I'm sure other people will make their own way there. But uh, yeah, Hayes Travel, who've, uh, who've done, when we've toured Portugal, I think they did something similar as well. So uh, all them years ago when Macron, I think Macron paid for us to go out and do some games in Portugal. So yeah, that's worth uh, worth a look into. And I think that was probably um, that was probably the main sort of bit of news in between the sort of excitement that we had at the weekend um, and obviously the excitement of another home game coming up this week. That um, that announced that that announcement has really piqued the interest, and uh, it will be interesting to see whether is it Chelsea, is that just the uh, is that you know is that the only other game? Is there more games? Um, so we'll uh, we'll wait to be uh, we'll wait for that to be confirmed. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, again we'll have another little uh, we'll have another little break, and when we come back, we'll just have a quick look at the top of the. Uh, the Vanarama National League and uh, what's going on, where we are, where we stand following the midweek action. Telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league Okay, so obviously Wrexham had a free midweek. I had to think about what I was going to say then. Uh, had a midweek free, um, but a lot of other teams were playing um, and Ox County were one of those teams. And if you uh, weren't aware, Wrexham are now in second place in the National League with an asterisk at the end of that. So uh, let's just have a look at the uh, the top seven and what's going on, I guess. Um, so Notts County now sit top of the league um, following a 2-0 victory against Altrincham. Um, I did manage to... I watched a little bit of that um, via the World Wide Web. Uh, Altrincham missed a missed a penalty pr- quite quickly after Notts County took the lead and it would have been interesting just to see whether uh, whether they would have uh, held their nerve or what you know what would have happened um, to be fair to Altrincham they made I think it was five changes ahead of their semi-final in the FA Trophy against Halifax this weekend so they were clearly sort of uh, had other focuses um, quite rightly so as well because that's a big that's a big deal for them with a potential Wembley trip coming up so Notts County played 41 games, have 97 points, but have a better goal difference at the moment than Wrexham, and that's what's uh, that's what's keeping them at the top of the league currently. So obviously Wrexham's last game was the 3-0 win against York, so we've played 39 games and have got 97 points. Uh, third place, Woking, had a, a ding-dong with Barnet, which is the game I, was, I spent more time watching, to be honest, uh, and that was a very good game. Woking missed two penalties, actually, in that game. Um, and uh, Ovid Barnett again looking a really useful side um, they're in fifth place currently but uh, you know it's not long till Wrexham go to Barnett I think uh, you know we're going to have uh, going to have our work cut out there so Woking played 40 got 72 points um, I should actually just cover off obviously Notts County's next game is on the 7th so they've got a they've got a week um, till they play uh, the seventh uh, against home against Wilston, 
Obviously, Wrexham play on the first. We play against Oldham. Um, Woking's next game is Dorking away. Uh, Chesterfield, who sit fourth, played 39 games, got 71 points. So they're now a point behind Woking. And really, Chesterfield will be really keen to try and nick that third place spot. So if you're not aware, the teams that finish second and third in the playoffs get a bye into a, a semi-final, if you like, and also a home tie. So that's going to keep Chesterfield and Woking and Barnet very honest, if you like. You know they'll really be wanting to uh, be wanting to uh, put good runs together to try and nick that third spot, because um, obviously they're twenty five points behind Rex and we were sitting second. Or, um, so realistically, they're not going to uh, going to take that spot, but they will be fighting for that third spot. Uh, that you know that you, you get a buy, you miss a game, you automatically go into the semi final and you get a home tie, which could be very useful. So Chesterfield beat Halifax two nil, um, and their next match is on the first, same as us, but they're away at Maidenhead. So Barnet, as I touched on before, sit fifth, thirty nine, played thirty nine, sixty seven points, um, who drew with Woking as I said earlier, and their next game is York City, uh, which is away. Uh, then come Eastley. Uh, they've played 40 games with 64 points, so they drew with Boreham Wood last, um, and their next game is away at Torquay. Um, Boreham Wood now have come back, so Bromley have sort of slipped out uh, of the re- of the promotion sort of playoff uh, pl- promotion places at the moment, the playoff places even at the moment. Can't get any words out. Bromley have dropped out, um, and Boreham Wood have snapped snuck back in, so uh, they. Uh, they they snuck back in even though they uh, their last game they lost to Torquay, at home, um, and their next game is at Maid is Maidstone, away, so as it stands, Boreham Wood take up that seventh place, um, so, uh, the uh, the playoffs, if the league was to finish today, the playoffs would be Chesterfield versus Boreham Wood, and Barnet versus Eastley, and the winner of those two teams would the. Uh, those games would go ahead and pl- one of them would play Wrexham and one of them would play Woking as things stand but we'll uh, we've obviously still got um six-ish games depending on your team six seven eight games depending on uh, which team you support so uh, there's still a little bit of action to go there yet um so yeah poor, poor old Maidstone still out, can't buy a win at the bottom uh, I'm afraid for for them it's uh, they're not far off getting uh, getting relegated um, Scunthorpe, Torquay, and Yeovil take up the other spots currently, as it stands, just at the uh, just at the bottom end of the table. So that's how the table looks. Um, we'll do a bit of speculation uh, when we come back uh, around Oldham and whether we think there'll be any changes and what what we think is going to happen. So on Saturday we welcome Oldham Athletic to the race course for the first time in a long time. Um, we obviously won two one, I think it was away with a very late Paul Mullin Paul Mullin penalty um, earlier in the season. But uh, they've been fighting around the bottom of the table. They now find themselves in fourteenth position. Um, so they're probably well. I don't want to don't want to speak too early, but realistically they're probably clear of trouble. Um, and just fighting for position in the middle of the pack now. Um, so they uh, they went on an incredible buying spree of uh, of players and, of course, have amassed 
Ekrexen players galore. I think they've got three or four players um, that are uh, that are Ekrexen, including Mike Fondop. Um, I think Alex Reed, who had a, a short spell with us on loan, um, and John Rooney. Um, so yeah, it, you know you're always worried when they've got ex ex players that one of them's going to come back to haunt you. Um, but in all honesty, you know this Wrexham this Wrexham side now are starting to look like a are starting to look like a machine in the fact that they they're just in grind out mode. Um, I think they uh, they kind of know how to win. The experiences of last season obviously do them uh, do them really good. Having been in those pressure situations of trying to chase, trying to stay in the lead, I think that experience would be vital for them as we come into these last three or four games. Uh, and it looks like, especially that pivotal pivotal weekend, I think coming up next next weekend is going to be key. That two games, one on the Friday, one on the Monday, and obviously the the, the mega match on the Monday against Notts County, which, in all honesty, I think they have to win and we have to avoid uh, a loss, uh, is the reality. But obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about them next week. Uh, as apologies again that I'm on my own rambling today, but uh, I will uh, I will endeavour to have uh, endeavour to have my partners in crime back next week. But Oldham this weekend, um, team wise, well. I mean, it, it would appear that Phil Parkinson likes to not tinker too much with a winning team. That said, um, I think Tom O'Connor might be coming back this weekend. Um, you know, they said he could come back after that uh, that game on the 4G pitch, um, but he didn't come back against Oldham. So, and he didn't play in the reserve game actually that in that week, building up to that Oldham game. So, um, were they just giving him a bit of extra time to prepare? Um, you know, if he's available, I think he comes back in. Um, and I share the thoughts of people that I've seen who say it would be good to see what him and Cannon and maybe an Elliot Lee could do as a midfield. Um, and I mean, if you know, you've got at some point, if that is what Phil Parkinson believes is his, is his strongest midfield, he needs to get them playing together, uh, especially if that's what you're planning on going into the Notts County game with. Um, now, obviously, I've not heard anything about whether O'Connor's had any setback. I think they were sort of speculating that Hayden isn't quite where they were hoping he would be, so they're keeping him back a little bit. Um, but I've heard nothing on O'Connor. Um, and it could be totally wrong. Maybe it's Luke Young that comes back in fresh as a daisy this week um, and, uh, uh, and takes a spot. If he's going to take a spot, if we are going to change that midfield... You would have to think it would be James Jones, who's um, interestingly enough has uh, done done some reporting with the Evening Leader and come out to talk about the tribulations he's had with his, um, since the birth of his child. So um, great to see uh, that's sort of positive news at the moment. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really good news for him. And I also should touch on the fact that Andy, Anthony Ford, I think, has been at the race course at the weekend with his partner. So. Um, Again, we had nothing official off the club to say what had happened there. Obviously, Phil Parkinson, in interviews, referred to uh, uh, to a family matter. Um, there was lots of speculation online uh, about what was uh, what was supposedly had happened. But it was great, great, obviously, to see those uh, those two uh, and their families at the at the ground at the weekend. So, yeah, I would think if anybody's going to drop out, it would be James Jones. 
Um, again, so it looks like it looks like Foster will start in goal. Um, I think universally it, it now would appear that he is currently the number one. Um, I know he did have one hairy moment where he tried to clear a ball. I think it's O'Connell that it hit, but it, I think it went wide. Uh, but other than that, he looked really tidy. Um, and he seems to be really enjoying his little stint back at the club. Uh, it will be very interesting to see if we get promoted and whether they would uh, dare to offer him a deal or, you know, is, is, is that totally off the table? It'll be really interesting to see. So, uh, yeah, it looks like looks to me like Foster will start in goal. The usual back three, given the fact that Hayden is injured uh, and uh, O'Connell seems to have replaced Cleworth. Um, I wouldn't have thought he'll change the full-backs. Um, this, uh, you know, I think Barnett was so good last week that I wouldn't drop him. I think Mendy is so good going forward. Again, unless he's got an injury and those hamstrings are, he is feeling it, uh, then obviously I totally understand if he thought, well, let's give Callum McFadden a game, keep him fit, and uh, let's just give Jacob a rest and let him rest those hamstrings. Um, midfield, as we've, we've discussed, and then in, up front will be really interesting. Um, you know, at some point, does he feel like he's got to rest them, or does he just keep playing them and worry about uh, worry about it in the summer? You know, Paul Mullin is supposedly uh, got this. Uh, I think it's a knee issue. I think there's for a long time we've kind of understood that Ollie Palmer seems to have a hip injury. Seems to be the thing that I've heard, not mentioning any names, but that's come from some of the Twitter spaces. Um, and I think uh, it's hard to it's hard to know. I mean, ninety percent of the lives footballers carry injuries, but I think sometimes you do watch the front two and you kind of think they do they don't look as impactful sometimes um, as last season or earlier in the season. So that does in your head make you think, oh, you know, maybe they are carrying something. So, you know, would will Phil Parkinson think to himself, well, let's let's rest one of them. I'm not sure he'd be brave enough to rest both of them. But maybe I'm wrong, um, you know. Uh, and he's, he's got to very carefully pick his game to do that, um, because obviously, uh, you know, you don't want to drop them uh, against a team and end up getting going behind or getting st- stuck in a a daft basketball game where you could really do with a, a, a one of your key strikers. So, I think there is potentially a couple of. Um, a couple of changes that could be made this weekend, and it will be really interesting. This is where we, this is where we learn. Like last week, you know, we learned what we learned was that Phil Parkinson brought Ben Foster in to be the starting goalkeeper. There was obviously there was lots of speculation. Oh no, put him on the bench, and um, and Mark Howard should start. We've done well enough with Howard. Evidently, Phil Parkinson doesn't think so, and Phil Parkinson has thought to himself, "I can get an ex Premier League goalkeeper." with over 500 games of experience, then he's coming into play. And there is no doubt about that because, you know, Foster had done two training sessions. So uh, he'd seen enough in those two training sessions to think, that's my man. So, um, yeah, Phil Parkinson has a few, a couple, a couple of, uh, couple of selection dilemmas ahead of the, ahead of the weekend. Um, hopefully, you know, Oh, it's dangerous. Hopefully we can win. I'm I'm at the stage of the season now where I don't really care how. We've just got to win. We've just got to grind out those points. Um, and uh, let's hope we can go back to the top of the league this Saturday. Uh, with a convincing win would be nice. If we could make up some goal difference, that would be better. Um, 
but it, just be warned there is some twists and turns to come in this title race and uh, you know the oldham oldham thought they'd uh, you know oldham thought they'd scuppered our our sort of uh, charge earlier in the season but obviously we, we managed to get over the line let's hope that uh, we can control the game a bit better you know we've got a much better squad now than we did when we faced oldham so let's hope we can get through that game and uh, win it by a, be nice if we could win by a couple of goals and just keep chipping away at that goal difference um and uh, we will reconvene next week ahead of a massive easter weekend so we'll come back next week we'll review what's gone on and we'll preview obviously two games in the fact that we've obviously got the halifax game on the friday where uh, i will be at that game uh, and then the monstrous tie uh, against Notts county on the uh, on the monday and uh, we'll uh, we'll maybe even see if we can get some uh, get some Notts county uh, thoughts on that game but once again i apologize i'm on my own it's never as good when i'm on my own uh, the very first ramble i did was on my own um, and i think i do prefer it when somebody else is here so if you've listened if you've managed to listen to the end i really appreciate that thank you very much and uh, but hopefully some one of my partners in crime will be back with us next week um it was only because i've tried to rush one out today before uh, uh, before a, a family meal so uh, yeah i say michael starkey was meant to be with me in fact i think he's just messaged me um michael starkey was meant to be with me but uh, yeah he got asked to do a bit of work late on so thanks for putting up with me and uh, yeah let's uh, let's enjoy a win hopefully up the town That's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground
Back in the football league. 